Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know what time it is, and you know where you are. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, I'm going to talk about keeping your asset covered. And guys, I had my asset out there swinging recently, and I had discovered way too long. I discovered it after the fact, and uh, it's a, it's an important story that I, I'll keep it short. It's something that you guys need to pay attention to, because if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And man, I'm glad I didn't have any major issues, but it, I'm going to talk to you about a story that really got me thinking about how we have things set up and, and checks and balances and the amount of faith and trust we put into our vendors. And I have a property that uh, I've got properties in several parts of the country, as you guys know. And in this case, this is one local back in uh, the Tampa Bay area. And I've owned this one since 2014, and we operate all the apartments there as short-term rentals. It's a small little four-unit place. I've talked about it a lot. It's my quote-unquote home run deal. It's my favorite one. Uh, And in 2016, we made the switch from a long-term to a short-term tenancy. And by that, I mean I switched from your typical annual lease type thing, and I went out to the the Airbnb type customer. Okay, And And I did that for a myriad of reasons, but mainly because it was wildly profitable. So why the hell not? Right. So at the time, you know, I I bought the properties up in Memphis and I was really getting a, I had a really, really good insurance agent up in Memphis. And guys, if you ever buy in property, God forbid in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, give me, let me know, reach out to me. I can refer you to a really good agent up there, man. I learned so much from him. It was absolutely awesome. So drop me an email info, cashflowguys.com and I'll send over his information pad over there. He was great. And he was great because he really got insurance, right? He'd been an, an agent for, I don't know, 30 years since, I don't know, the beginning of time. The bottom line was he educated me. He taught me why he structured policies certain ways that could, and asked good questions. He really wanted to understand me and my business model and how we were running things. He wanted to explain to me the different risk profiles what goes on in Memphis and whatnot, which admittedly at the time he was explaining it to me was, <laughs> I was already under contract and it was a little terrifying, but I felt a lot better coming away from that conversation because I had a real crystal clear understanding of what the expectation was as far as insurance. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I had some weird stuff happen up in Tennessee and it turned out to work out to my advantage because I had proper coverage. I had the right insurance agent in play and man, that was fantastic. And same thing down here in Florida and other states where we own properties. I've got agents that I, I like them fine, but they're nowhere near as good as uh, Pat was up in Memphis. No disrespect to everyone else, but he was just so exceptional. He set the bar. Um, so that said, we I talked to my agent here when we started doing the short-term rental thing in the uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg area. And I said, hey, look, I'm doing short-term rental. Does that change things? And the guy's like, yeah, man, it changes things. You got to go get an additional uh, liability policy to cover you for liability related to the anything that has to specifically do with short-term tenancy. I'm like, okay. So otherwise, my rest of my the other two, the other policy, the, the fire and wind and all that good stuff, that's all good to go, provided I have this third policy. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. So 1200 bucks a year. Right, uh, twelve hundred bucks a year is what it costs, and I'll be honest with you, the property makes more than ten times that every single month. So for me, twelve hundred bucks a year, uh, properties bringing in anywhere from twelve to eighteen sometimes 
thousand a month. Yeah, I'm good. I can I can afford twelve hundred dollars a year for an extra policy. So I think what could go wrong? I'm perfectly covered. I took the insurance agent's advice. Who, who thinks to double check their advice at the time? I didn't. So off we go. Every year I faithfully pay my my twelve hundred dollars on top of my rest rest of my insurance, and no problem. Uh, I had a claim at one point. We had a water heater element, uh, the wiring fried or something rather. It smoked out the apartment. Fire department showed up and then removed the ceiling in one of the bedrooms with those pokey pole things. And uh, there was, you know, it was a mess, smoke damage, whatever. So bottom line is the repair costs, I don't know, I think it was like $3,500 in repairs. My check from the insurance company was like 15 grand. Still no complaints, right? Hey, all good. Well, in 2020, my insurance agent sold his practice. And God love him. I love this guy. He's a great guy. I consider him a friend, but I'm a little miffed at his agent stuff, but that's a whole other story. I'm not, this episode is not to badmouth him. This is an oversight. And sometimes even good people make mistakes. So I get it, right? I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. So in 2020, he sells his practice to another agent and went ahead and retired and more power to him, right? Guy's smart as a whip. Um, and I didn't, but the problem is he didn't think to tell his cost customers that he sold at least me and several other customers I referred him had no idea that he sold the practice or the agency and the new agent came on and why in the hell would you reach out to your new customers and say, Hey, I mean, who would do that? That's just crazy. Well, so yeah, I don't even know I have a different insurance agent because it's not broken. Don't fix it. No reason to call him. I pay him once a year and we go on about business. Well, I even saw him out in around town cause he's from the same town that I am and I see him all the time. And, uh, we shoot the shit all the time and have a great time. And uh, it never once did it come up. Oh, by the way, I sold the agency. We just never really talked about work stuff. So I, if I finally, I'm, now I want to talk to the new agent. Like who's my new daddy, right? My new insurance dad. So I got to get on, try to get him on the phone. Well, that took me literally six months. Now, by now this time I've already moved down to Key West and I, I finally left the last message. Like if you, somebody doesn't return my phone call, I'm going to have to get in my car or get on a plane and fly to Tarpon Springs and knock on your door to see if I can get someone to talk to me. Cause I'd really like to know the status of my insurance unless I'm going to just go ahead and have to cancel all my policies with you and then reach out to the, Oh, I don't know, 300 people that I've referred you over the years and let them know the the level of service that I'm getting. I mean, good God guys call me back. Finally, they call me back. So sorry. We've been busy. Oof. Guys, got to work on your excuses, man. So sorry I've been busy. What I hear is you don't really matter anymore. This is the new insurance agent, so I'm automatically not impressed. So I said to this agent, are you, can you go over my policies uh, and make sure that I'm good to go, that everything is up to par as it should be, that it's everything, the paperwork is done as you transfer from agent to agent. I just want to make sure everything's good to go. Yep, no problem. Well, a month goes by. I start the phone call game again month and a half. Finally, I got to get stern and the guy calls him back. Yep. You're good to go. Nothing to worry about. So another year goes by and it's time for renewal. So I'm talking to the junior agent on the phone and she says, uh, what do you mean you run it as a air as Airbnb? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, everybody knows that. I matter of fact, that's why I have that extra, that policy uh, to cover me in the event of any issues related to the short term tenancy. She's like, well, that doesn't really matter. That's just liability. That doesn't cover you for wind damage. If a storm comes through or anything related to wind damage and you have, you're using it as a short-term rental, that's considered commercial 
your policy is residential. It doesn't cover you at all. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So all this time, I've been running with the wrong insurance. I've been running with a residential policy when I need a commercial policy. And by the way, anybody listening to this episode that's an insurance expert as far as PNC or property and casualty, if I'm getting smoke blown up my skirt, please pick up the phone and give me a call. Send me an email. Send smoke signals. Carrier pigeon. I don't know. Cute kitten. Something to capture my attention so that I can not be misled one more time. Because you can rest assured, I am looking for a new insurance agent. I'll get to that in a minute. So they tell me, yeah, there's no coverage, and you got to go ahead and get this liability policy. you got to get a whole new policy. In other words, throw the other three policies out. Uh, and the reason why there's three policies, by the way, is there's two buildings on one piece of land. And uh, citizens, it's a state insurance company, state-sponsored, they would not write a policy to cover two separate buildings. They insisted on, oh, they would only cover one of the two buildings. So I had to have a second insurance company cover the other one. Long story short. So I, okay, fine, do it, whatever it costs. We want to make sure they're adequately covered, right? I don't want to be underinsured. That doesn't make sense. So then it, that adds, get this, adds $6,000 to my insurance cost. I'm like, what? $6,000 a year uh, extra, more than I'm paying now. Uh, insurance cost to have this commercial policy. So needless to say, guys, it left me a little miff. So then I thought, well, okay, that's fine. I'm going to go ahead and put this out to quote because i got to talk to some more insurance agents and make sure I'm getting good advice here. One, I want to make sure that I'm being fairly represented, that I'm not getting shrifted here somehow, that I'm not paying for stuff that I don't need. I also want to make sure that this is the right policy because I had to repeat myself. And Jill, I'd say, took the lead on most of this. This is more Jill's thing. So Jill did most of the talking, but... Uh, as she don't, you don't normally does and things like this, but Jill was saying, and come keep in mind, Jill comes from the insurance industry. Back when she worked, she worked for the insurance industry for 20 years, so she understands how it works. And she's having polite conversations with the lady and going, well, you know, we want to make sure that we've got all the coverage we need, yada, yada, yada. So we go to find a new insurance company to quote the thing, and they won't even quote the job. So I should back up a second. We called like 25 insurance companies in the state of Florida to get a quote. Nobody, nobody for weeks calls us back. Finally, one company calls us back. I mean, we've called, we've emailed, gone through websites, all that stuff. They just don't like to take on new business. I guess they're all independently wealthy, don't need new business. Um, but they finally, one one insurance agent reaches out and actually calls back and says, well, you know, for us to give you a quote, you're first going to need to go out and get a new roof. I said, well, we haven't even discussed the age of my current roof. <laughs> so what makes you think that I need a new roof? Well, most people that call that are looking for a quote, it's because they need to do some sort of repairs. I'm like, well, that's not the case here. My insurance agent sucks, to be perfectly honest with you, and I want to replace them with somebody who doesn't suck. I'm hoping that's you. But for the inf for your information, my roof is, I don't know, 15 years old. And they said, well, then it absolutely has to be replaced. Well, great. Because I was planning on replacing it anyway. Okay, maybe it's 20 years old. But I was getting ready to replace it anyway. Literally, I was. I had already had bids. I had picked the roofer. The only thing I'm waiting for is hashtag supply chain issues. I'm waiting for the, the roof shingles to show up. They're six weeks out. Otherwise, the job would already be done. But nobody will even quote this without me providing a four-point inspection and proof that I've replaced the roof, that it's less than 10 years old. I'm like, when did that change? They said, well, the insurance companies have a, have a right to, to set any parameters they want as far as what they'll cover and what they won't, and they're not currently writing policies on properties that have a roof less than 10 years old. 
on a building like yours. And I guess it's because it's commercial, whatever. But the bottom line here, guys, is now I'm in this catch 22. Now I have this commercial policy. I hope to God it covers something. I'm waiting for roof shingles to show up. In the meantime, we religiously every week call a host of insurance companies trying to get someone to call me back that can get insurance on this. But you can imagine how I'm feeling going through this. It's very frustrating. Okay. If I had suffered a loss at any time over the last, oh, I don't know, seven years due to a windstorm or wind damage, I would have had zero coverage available to me, according to my agent. And I gave him that scenario. Like, yeah, you're going to have no coverage at all. You just have to knock the building down and be all on you. I'm like, seriously? And let's not even get into the wasted money of paying for the wrong policy all these years. Even after being proactive about it, being full and full disclosure, you know, I no pulled no punches. I was proactive as far as making sure they were aware. And I still got roasted here. And I know that if I'm, if I'm bitching saying, I don't want you to think I'm bitching about the cost increase because I'm not, I'm bitching because of the lack of coverage. If I actually have lack of coverage and I'm not even certain on that right now, uh, I could tell you that I've had a lot better experience with agents down here in Key West, but they don't want to insure properties outside of Key West because this is their expertise. So they're not much help for me up in Tampa. Um, but it's been interesting getting, going through this. Okay. It's very been very, very interesting going through this process. One, I'm blown away that nobody wants to answer their phone. I guess that has to do with the great resignation, people not wanting to come to work anymore or whatever it may be. But I mean, I am, we are, Jill sounds sweet as putting pie on the phone. There's no reason for anyone not to call us back. It's not like she's calling saying, you know, yo, dickhead, call me back or I'm going to punch you in the face. That's not happening. Uh, sweet little Jill is calling on the phone and nobody's calling back. I call and still nobody's calling back. So they just not calling back. Um, I got to tell you, I, I'm really insecure about whether or not I have the proper coverage on this. I hope that I'm actually overinsured. I pray to God that I'm overinsured. I've read the policy, uh, gone through everything line by line, probably drove the agent crazy to make sure it sounds like I've got all the coverage I need. But again, this is not my thing. Insurance, I am not an expert. I plan my agent to be the expert. But in this case, clearly my agent is lacking at best up in Tampa. Thank God I've got better agents in other parts of the country where we have property because if I had to deal with this everywhere in the country, oh boy, I'd be rethinking the, the whole thing. I can tell you that. So the long and short of it is now waiting for the roof tiles, right? Um, and that's all I can do, right? I'm just trying to find another roofer and or try to find another roofer. The roofer's great. But trying to find another insurance company to quote this with an agent that's receptive, I don't really care what it costs. What I want is good service. That's what really matters to me. I want an insurance company that will pay its bills and an agent that will give me good service. I'm not penny pinching here. I make great money in this property. I'm a guy that believes in paying for value. If I get good value, I will never complain about price. It's when I don't get good value that I'll complain. Absolutely. Um, so in the end, you know, it's the cost of doing business. Whatever the insurance policy winds up costing, I don't care. It's the cost of doing business. Now, the moral of the story here is, guys, I could choose to get all upset about this. I could get pissed, sell off my portfolio. Maybe I could trade crypto in my mom's basement. Who knows? Um, but that would be foolish because that would throw away all the good work that we've done and all the tax-free income that we've earned. When I consider that I've earned hundreds of thousands of dollars of legally tax-free income on this one property in question that I'm talking about, and that's not to mention all the other properties over the over the years and all the other years of just not having to pay the taxes that everybody else has to pay. 
it's worth it in the end. So when you come up across these situations, you got to take a deep breath. And that's what I had to do recently. Take a deep breath, focus on the, on the situation and choose how you're going to interpret the situation. So you could choose if this is going to make you or break you. As I said, I could throw away the whole portfolio, cast it aside. I could crack under pressure. You know, this, these are the people that I wind up buying their property from, right? So you ask where I get my properties. I buy properties from sellers with problems, sellers that can't handle this type of stuff. Sellers that will get pissed off because they have a short temper and just unload their property. I'm standing there like a vulture, call you, call me what you will, but I'm standing there to, to grab these properties. I look in the market, guys, for problems. I look for inefficiencies. What we're doing down here in Key West is finding properties that are not quite up to par. And that doesn't necessarily mean cosmetically, which means you could you do your Google Earth walking all you want, right? And you're not going to find the opportunities that we're finding because I'm finding inefficiencies and problems that don't show up on Zillow and the internet and public records. These are the problems that you can, if you can solve these problems, you can put together great deals at windfall profits. Speaking of which, guys, if you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing and you don't want to do a deal yourself, think about getting on the phone with us and potentially investing in our fund if you're an accredited investor. How you start the process, you go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash call. That's keywestcashflow.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L. And you can get on the phone with my partner, Mike, and I and, and talk about the opportunities we have here. If you ever thought about buying a vacation rental or maybe a second home in the Florida Keys, you can accomplish that by going to keywestrealtor.com. Again, that's keywestrealtor.com. That is my website. I own that domain. You type in keywestrealtor.com or you want to see my new YouTube channel, go to Key West Realtor. Just type in Key West Realtor in YouTube and it'll take you right to one of my videos. And uh, off you go. And I hope to talk to you guys soon. Hope you guys have a great week. I hope that you take some good, solid advice away from this, that you can use this to take a deep breath before these situations come up and get the best of you. And that you don't wind up being one of those investors that folds and then misses out the opportunity, guys. There's so much opportunity out there in the marketplace now. And I can tell you that there always is. Just when you think there's not any opportunity there, if you keep plugging, keep putting the action forward, keep doing the work, it's going to pay off in spades. You're going to do very well for yourself. You're going to avoid having to pay all those crazy taxes that they, they want you to pay because you're doing what the government wants you to do. Guys, have a great week, and I'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.